This is the Champions Coffee Podcast on the Vigo Podcast Network. On this show, we take 20 minutes to celebrate the champions behind higher education student support and experience. These are the individuals who are pushing the boundaries and changing student lives on a daily basis. And we get to hear their stories and their visions for the sector. Hello world and welcome to the Champions Coffee Podcast, where every week we have coffee with an education professional who is out there on the front lines championing students to be all that they possibly can be. I'm your host, Ben Hallett, and I am the CEO and co-founder at Vigo. And Vigo, if you don't know what we are, is a student support platform that helps educators connect their students to their support services, be it mentors, tutors, advisors, or counselors, or anything in between. At Vigo, we, we believe in celebrating the professionals who make all of these different support and student success services and initiatives tick, which is why we're doing this podcast. Today, I'm quite excited for our guest. Uh, when, when Vigo first expanded into the UK, our UK advisors recommended uh, him as the very first person that we should be speaking with uh, due to his passion for student experience, innovation, and his esteemed position within the industry. Today, we have with us Ian Dunn, Provost at the Coventry University Group. Ian has worked in higher education now for 28 years and one month, I'm, I'm told, uh, and always focusing in on uh, teaching and learning and improving access and outcomes for students from all backgrounds. He is committed to ensuring that students' time at university enables them to lead meaningful and exciting lives. And in 2016, he was, he was named Inspiring Leader of the Year in the Guardian University Awards. Ian led the development of the university's flexible learning offers, CU Coventry and CU Coventry and, and CU Scarborough. A Coventry graduate himself, Ian is a board member of several multi-academy trusts and other educational bodies, and also a justice of the peace in Coventry and Warwickshire. Without further ado, welcome Ian. Hello, mate. Thanks, Ben. It's great to uh, be with you. Thanks, mate. It's great to have you. Uh, and I'm, I believe you have a you have a tea as well today. I am. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, that's that's a pretty impressive mug, mate. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I perhaps I'll tell you what it says at some point, but uh, I, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, mate. I mean, to jump into the questions, we've got a bit to cover here, and I've I've never been under time, so we should get into it. I mean, twenty eight years and one month. What life experiences or moments motivated you to enter into the education space? Can you take us back to the to the beginning? I, I, well, gosh, right at the beginning. If you want the truth and uh, honesty here, then um, it, it, okay. was, um, it, it, it was about um, a person that um, I, I was progressing through my education. I was a postgraduate in uh, in, in the French education system and uh, needed to get back to um, uh, this part of the world um, for, for personal reasons at that time. And um, so I, I contacted my old um, head of department and asked if I could um, start my PhD. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, yeah, but, but you've got so much to offer and uh, I'd like to create a job for you. So um, <laughs> right. he, he did that and, um, uh, uh, and that's how I got back into, and that's how I started working at Coventry. Um, it was the most embarrassing interview process of my life because <laughs> it was a job that had been created, but it had to go through a formal process. And uh, I was interviewed with three other people, and um, the, the head of department could only remember my name and none of the other people. So it was like it was, 
mortifyingly embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. And and well, I guess, mate. Um, you know, what motivates you? Twenty eight years. What motivates you to stay in this space? Well, what what makes you get up in the morning and and want to come back to education? Um, well, I, I we you know we we embody this in in the the values that we have as, as a Coventry University um, and in many other universities. I, I absolutely know that. But it's that act of uh, transformation, the, the the role that education plays in allowing people to mm-hmm. to achieve um, things that they want to achieve, to become the things that they want to become, and then those students who go on to transform not only their own lives but the lives of people around them. That really um, is um, is pretty amazing, and particularly when um, you know I come from a. a, a a typical um, northern English working class background. Um, I, uh, my family, still, I'm the only person who's gone into higher education, um, and um, you know th- there is um, a very strong view that in those parts of northern England, particularly in parts of northern England, you know people on the whole, the majority of the population stay within twenty miles of, of where they where they were born. Um, that's fine, and I, I make no comment about uh, mm-hmm. uh, about that. But the opportunity to to become who you are and to um, um, to to live your life how you want to live your life, rather than the way in which your parents and grandparents live their lives, I think is is um, facilitated by really great great education, a, a place where you can find people who are different to you, and through their difference, understand more about who you are. That really motivates me, um, and, and I certainly wouldn't have been able to to be who I am uh, if I hadn't um, um, uh, if I hadn't gone into higher education, if I hadn't had that opportunity, and bringing that opportunity to more and more people, being making the university truly wide in access um, is is so important to me. But that's only like the beginning of the conversation. Because once you're admitted a student into the university, you have a contract, you have a, a moral obligation, from my perspective, to make them, to give them every opportunity to be successful. I accept completely that students fail. If a student mm-hmm. fails because they wish to fail, that's, that's absolutely their choice and fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they fail because we've put something in the way as a university, then that's not acceptable. Uh, and mm-hmm. so the task of, of demolishing those boundaries. And then we have a third sort of step which is to make sure that once they graduate having achieved really high um, academic potential then um, we have to help industry and commerce and the professions understand that they need to be uh, much more open and to to diversity too so we have a sort of moral obligation as uh, as leaders of the academic world to go out to them and say you know the days of recruiting from two or three or four universities is no longer acceptable. You are limiting yourself and um, and, and your potential business. Um, so so let us help you uh, grow. So three stages: access, success, progress. Yeah, right. And you, you've actually hit on my two favorite quotes. Uh, the first one is, you know, education is transformation, and the the power of education to transform. And the second one is uh, Lev Vygotsky. Uh, you know, where we get our name from. Um, through others, we become ourselves. And yeah, mate, great answer. <laughs> the, the role modeling part in, in, in higher education, I don't think we I don't think we do anywhere near enough. Um, role modeling is can be a little bit sort of um, um, 
can become too theatrical, can become sort of um, overpowering. But 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 really, what it's all about is is demonstrating, I think, to to other people that um, perhaps some of the things they see as fears for themselves, things they don't want to reveal, things that they are afraid of, um, other people have, have have perhaps challenged those fears, have, have taken them on and, and and dealt with them, and by doing that, you can just allow people to release more and more of their potential. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us, you know, everyone's got got parts of their lives which. Um, they've tried to suppress or tried to um, conform to a different uh, set of norms, and and that's that's not great. You can't you can't be truly successful, I don't think, until you're able to reveal really who, and able until you're able to feel who you are and and to be who you are. Mm. Uh, that's very important. Certainly. All right. Well, mate. So. I imagine over the years you've been involved with a multitude of different student experience and student success initiatives. Uh, is there any in particular that stand out to you as being particularly successful or ones that you're particularly uh, fond or proud of um, that you could share with us? Sure, yeah. I mean, you made reference to um, um, to, to this in your introduction about me. The one thing that I'm out of lots of other things I'm, I'm very happy to talk about but one thing that i'm most proud of in 2010 in the uk we had a review of tuition um fees uh, called the brown review um and it, it proposed the introduction of tuition loans and tuition fees of up to nine thousand uh, pounds mm-hmm. i think the government at the time thought that that would lead to a um a liberalization a marketization of uh, uh, you know so that some universities would charge lower fees and some would charge higher fees uh, mm-hmm. that didn't work uh, patently didn't work uh, in that way um but what was really clear was that the introduction of a tuition fee at nine thousand pounds was going to be disadvantageous to even though there was a loan available and, and, and therefore it was a um a delayed or deferred debt um that that was going to be disadvantageous if you take the 35 year old a mature learner who is going back into higher education in order to progress with a career um, when you've already got perhaps a mortgage or um, a family that you're bringing up and you're trying to manage on a modest uh, income the idea of taking three times nine thousand pounds as a tuition debt plus the living mm-hmm. costs um, mm-hmm. I think is it w- was always going to be um, a, a real um, uh, difficulty and so I, you know, at the time working with my then vice chancellor, we we put together a plan to build a new higher education entity from within the university, uh, so a wholly owned entity, and which we now call the CU Group, and it's in Coventry, in Scarborough, and in London, in Barking and Dagenham, and and, um, um, and it has now around about five thousand students studying at a still at a lower fee than the nine thousand pounds we started mm-hmm. in 2012 at a fee of four thousand eight hundred on a very flexible um, a very different educational model which allowed students to come in for a six-week block and then to drop out for six weeks perhaps they had work and to come mm-hmm. back in and and to roll on and roll off um and and um that to me has been um that that, that will be one of my things that i'm most proud of. it's uh, it, it allowed a very different group of students to to access higher education, to maintain a quality of higher education, which um, has very strong links to um, professional practice, embedding professional awards within the academic study. Mm-hmm. 
in a whole range of disciplines. Um, and, um, and and subsequently, as I say, we, we built the, the one in Coventry. Um, we borrowed a building from the university that was not, not being used at the time and, um, and now have a fantastic new campus built for, for that uh, entity. Subsequently, we built one in Scarborough. Scarborough is a small town on the northeast coast of, um, uh, of England mm -hmm. and higher education is 50 miles in um, south, 50 mm -hmm. miles north and 50 miles west um, and each of those journeys is, is at least an hour. Um, and so you have this community that sort of um, where higher education was was really um, important, nursing, um, um, business, engineering, uh, cyber. There's a there's a there's a large um, uh, GCHQ um, um, cyber centre in in the town. They need they need people to uh, to be to be educated. Mm. And then subsequently, we opened the one in, in Barking and Dagenham, again, a borough of London. Yes, London's got loads of universities, but they're focused in certain parts of the city. Uh, and there was no higher education in, in, in that borough, um, which mm -hmm. is 11 miles from the from the centre of, uh, of London. So mm -hmm. again, taking higher education to people um, that really one deserve, I think, um, mm -hmm. and who can become absolutely the agents of change in, in, in their communities. And that was really, uh, I'm very proud of that. All right. Great. Okay. And, and, you know, out of that time, is there a particular student success story, an individual student that you or your team were quite, you know, proud to be involved with that you could share with us? So many, so many. <laughs> I, I had two um, two students who um, right now come to um, you know, come to mind. They um, mm -hmm. um, they've just completed their master's degree, mother and daughter. Oh wow! And they'll know who they are if they ever listen to this, but I'm not going <laughs> to. And um, they suffered enormous trauma, um, uh, violent attack, and uh, which, which um, in their home, which which caused um, all sorts of difficulty. Um, and they have such incredible spirit, um, mm -hmm. such um, belief in the power of education. Um, so they've worked with their bachelor's degrees and now their master's degrees. They're just about to graduate with with their master's degrees. Um, they've talked to me about continuing their studies because they love it so much. Um, those those two people are, um, um, are are super extraordinary and um, uh, and, and make me smile just 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 to think about <laughs> them. Make me smile. They That's tell me all the time. By the way, they, they they email me to say something's gone wrong or um, <laughs> can you, that? Uh, you know that, that's that's completely fine. And, uh, it's lovely. Oh, great. Um, okay, and and I know um, I know you've been quite a pioneer in the student experience space and and that has you know had flow and effects with your team and you guys have won a lot of um, you know pretty amazing awards you know student experience University of the year and and, and such forth what is your three-year vision for the student support or student experience space uh, where are we headed you know particularly with 2020 and what we we're now understanding about COVID and how it's going to look like maybe in the next six 12 months where are we going in the next three years i um i w wish i could claim here some some sort of prescience you know sort of um um that um the, the work that we're doing with with, with you at uh, vigo and with uh, our other ed tech partners um that we started three or four years ago um has been absolutely accelerated and i'm not in any way suggesting that technology is the is going to solve all of these problems it's it's mm -hmm. not true um, but it has a really major part to play. The ability to um, to um, deploy um, powerful bits of technology you know, that, that allow students to connect, 
that allow learning uh, to be supported um, and that allow us to start to personalize the learning journey, I think are going to be absolutely the, um, the future of, um, uh, of higher education. Um, I, I, you know, there's some very simple things that um, the, 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 the situation is perhaps telling us, which are, um, you know, the end of the, the formal traditional lecture. I'm not saying lectures are dead, not in any way. Uh, lectures are great if they're the, the big show and the, the sort of the presentation of something amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's not how we use them in higher education. Largely, they're um, they're just um, points of delivery, and we accept mm-hmm. the fact that that half the population don't turn up to them half you know most of the time. That's not mm-hmm. acceptable. So we we can get rid of all of those things. We can use technology to to much better um, liberate the content in really mm-hmm. interesting and um, thoughtful ways, which, which engage people and gamify almost uh, without trivialising, but but gamify the. Um, um the um uh, the 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 learning mm-hmm. um um that that's one thing but the ability to um understand individuals through the points of data that they uh, the, the the traces that they leave through the technology with all the permissions and so on that yes. that that's got some um over the next 3 years i would be very surprised if we haven't got some very powerful tools that allow us to take a population of a thousand students and to create them a thousand different pathways through the same content, each mm-hmm. that starts to tailor and adapt to their personal situation in order that they can all um, achieve more, more, more highly and more strongly. And, and certainly the, um, the, 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 the opportunities afforded to us that, that we believe through Vigo are really, and I'm not doing this to sales pitch for you, Ben. <laughs> You can, do that, you can do that yourself. Um, I can put but, you on commission, but, mate. <laughs> but, but the opportunity to bring people together who have similarities, whether those similarities are, I've studied this subject, you're studying this subject, I, I can support you and mentor you through this subject, mm-hmm. or I have um, similarity of background or similarity of experience or, 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 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. that, that opportunity is, um, is really important. How we then... Um, create those links mm-hmm. without them being too manual i think is is going to be really important and um yep. uh, allow the individual to discover for themselves someone who is able to really support them in in so many different ways yes no definitely and and i think with all the lessons that have come out of the the sharing economy and you know those things that have those sort of marketplace dynamics that have played out at scale with technology. I think there's a lot of things that we can take from those platforms, you know, leave the bad bits, adopt some of the good bits about how to have those personalized journeys and relationships at scale with security, with trust. Yeah. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, this is my favorite question. Uh, I get to ask everybody, <laughs> what's a common misconception that you hear in the student success or student experience space? Gosh, a common misconception. Um, yeah. a, the, the most common misconception is that, that students learn in the same way that we learned. Uh, and, and largely those people running universities tend to be um, um, a little older than, mm-hmm. uh, than the students um, mm-hmm. by a generation or even more. In um, uh, it, It's amazing how it creeps on you. We work, for those of us, you know, 28 years working in a university. Uh, each year, the predominant intake is 18 or 19 years of age. Um, and because um, we do that every year, you forget that you've actually moved on. In, 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 until you look in the mirror, you, you've, you realize then you've suddenly moved on quite a lot of years beyond where those students are. You might still feel uh, uh, the same age, and therefore you think that you know what they're 
what their experiences are. So mm -hmm. I think the most common misconception is that inability to um, uh, to connect uh, and um, uh, and to believe that we know uh, without mm. asking, without finding out. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. And is there someone in the, in the education space uh, that particularly inspires you uh, and, and why, why that person? Um, well, you've spoken to one of them. Um, um, Beverly Oliver was uh, one of your, <laughs> one of your guests. Yes, Beverly, she was. Yes. Uh, uh, is fantastic, and I, I haven't spoken to Beverly for some time. Uh, and also in um, in in Melbourne, um, uh, Belinda Tynan as well at uh, RMIT is uh, is is an amazing, uh, oh, great, an amazing friend. Um, however, I, I'm going to um, um, embarrass uh, my very dear friend Paul LeBlanc at, at Southern New Hampshire University over in the US. Uh, okay. Paul is um, um, he, he is utterly amazing in um, um, his ability to bring people together. He would never claim, he was a very modest man in, in so many ways, he would never claim to to be doing the things himself. He just brings really brilliant people together and allow them to um, um, uh, to create. And that's really unfair on himself because he sets the sort of tone, he sets the direction, uh, uh, and he, he sets them free to, to, to do some of those things. He's also a really awesome guy to have dinner with. Um, <laughs> he, he loves his food and he's, he's, he enjoys a good bottle of wine. So um, <laughs> Paul is um, Paul, Paul's pretty amazing, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, also, I'm excited to tell you that Belinda is looking to come on the podcast in November too. By the way. Okay, fantastic. Well, so uh, please say hello. I will. I will. <laughs> All right. And so, is there a positive les lesson that you've you know you've learned in 2020 with everything that's happened that you could share with us? A positive lesson learned in 2020. Yeah. Um, yes. The, the the positive lesson is um, um, uh, about. Um, believing you know when you um ed education for me is not only about the um, um the detail it's not only about the mechanics of, of all of this there's an emotional connection there's an emotional sort of um interaction uh, and um when you've built up a bank of experience believing that uh, in something even though it may not make you, you can't necessarily connect all the wires right now um, I, I think is to uh, is to press on and to um, uh, and to um, to take people with you on the, on that journey, um, and even sometimes to press through some of the um, constraints that, that that they may bring. Um, I think I've also learned that um, making sure that you have enough people with you in order to to manage the cultural piece is is of course. I mean that's not something specifically to 2020, but it's it, 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 it's 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 even more evident and it's even more true in, in 2020. Mm, no, definitely. The culture you what, is, is really, um, is, is really hard baked and, and you need to, um, we need to change a whole range of things, but in order to change things, you've got to take a, a lot of people with you. Mm. I tell you what, I, I typically try to pull out one soundbite um, from the, the podcast to put on the LinkedIn um, post, but I'm going to struggle with this one, Nate. <laughs> um, okay, final question. And this is the first time we've actually gotten through every single question and I haven't had to skip any, so very exciting. Final question um, for today is, what advice or encouragement would you give a student about to begin their journey uh, at university? That's the... Um... That, that's the same for I think it's probably been the same in all time hasn't it you know that the believe in yourself mm -hmm. um, understand that you you don't know everything none mm -hmm. of us do 
um, be humble um, about um, um, uh, the fact that, that, that other people know things and, and that you can learn an enormous amount from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but be confident in in that knowledge of um, uh, that you will um, make sense of all of uh, all of this stuff, and that out of making sense that you will go on to transform both. You'll transform yourself, and then you have um, by by transforming yourself the ability to do to do all sorts of amazing things beyond that. Yeah, awesome. All right. So, mate. Well, I guess uh, twenty four minutes. I think we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll cut it there. <laughs> um, so. Thank you so much for having uh, tea with me this morning, uh, Ian, and sharing your stories, your advice, your visions. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And if you'd like to stay updated and hear uh, some of our other guests and and Belinda uh, when she comes on, uh, please just go to the Vigo LinkedIn or to the Vigo website. We'll be posting all of them there. So thank you again, Ian. Thanks very much. All right. See everyone.